There's some very special people here, all the way from South Carolina. It's a blessing to have you and your family here, Carmen. Um, I shouldn't call out people because then you get in trouble if you miss someone, but Marvin and Dorothy been good friends, family friends of Neoma's family for years. They're just neighbors right over here, so it's been really good to have you guys here. Welcome. And the rest of you, everyone that's here, we're so glad you're here today. Um, before we, I should have mentioned this in the announcements, um, the VBS, that's exciting. I love seeing um, the children's ministry team, people who are passionate about something like this, step up and, and do something so great. They've done, obviously done a ton of work, so big thank you. Um, but also, Joe and Cheryl and Irvin and Almina serve as trustees, and the junior youth were here Friday evening. Um, Neom and I were here to help a little bit, and then Merv was here. So check out the landscaping around the sign. Um, that's thanks to them heading that up. And um, I loved seeing the junior youth back here on the playground, cleaning out all the water and building it up and making it so it's nice and dry. Should be a lot better. Um, so a lot of work went in Friday night. And the other thing was, I don't know how many of you would sit back there and notice that these steps, the carpeting on the front of the steps, were always buckled. Do you see they're not buckled anymore? That's thanks to Joe. He was here earlier in the week and did, did that, plus he replaced, what, 30, 40 squares throughout the church here of the carpeting. So just a big shout out. Thank you for what you, what you guys did there. Um, <clears throat> so this morning's sermon... Um, I told Marcus it might be a little bit different, so I hope that's okay. But I do. I want to. I want to look today at um, one of the ways that Scripture uses metaphors in a lot of ways, and even Jesus did in his teaching. So I want to look at a metaphor. Um, one of the metaphors in Scripture. I'm going to have. I have. I don't know eight or ten different scriptures. I think. I'm just going to have them up here on the overhead for you to to look at. If you want to mark them down or whatever, that's fine. Um, but as we go through it, so as, as I was thinking about this and how each one of us, as we come today, coming from all different, all different weeks, all different, all different, even lifestyles in some ways, different things that we do, but that we can all bring ourselves wholly as who, as who we are and how Jesus meets us in all those places, um, <clears throat> And I'm specifically thinking, there's so many different, different things um, that we come, that we bring to the table, whether we're feeling joyful, happy, we're loving the weather, we've just received good news, or whatever it may be. Um, and then we're here rejoicing, we're feeling at peace today. Maybe you're feeling stuck. Maybe you're feeling like you're in bondage. You're bound up by something. Or maybe you're feeling stressed out, you're feeling weak. Or maybe you're just flat out tired. We all get there, right? We're just flat out tired. Well, so today I want to look at three different, three different things um, from Scripture. How, G- how God meets us and how He delivers us. How He meets us and He gives us strength. And how He meets us and gives us refuge with all those different things that we're feeling. A number of years ago, Naomi gave me a book um, by the theologian uh, John Stott. I think he was a Scottish guy. Am I right, Marcus? Scottish theologian. But he was a birder. 
he traveled literally across the whole world observing birds. And she gave me a book with just a whole bunch of his writings and the lessons that he learned from birds. And he has a quote in there from, I think it was Martin Luther who had the quote. He said, and I quote, Let the little birds be your theologians. So that's my, that's my hope today. Um, so my hope is that observing birds, but specifically I want, you to, I want us to be thinking about wings, the wings of a bird, and the scriptures that go along with that, and how they display the character of God in our lives and how he meets us where we are. And I, I, if I'd have to title it, I'd call it Wings of Grace. Because no matter where you're at in life, whether you are not saved, whether you're saved and you're wherever you're at on your journey in life, it's grace that saves you, it's grace that sustains you, it's grace that carries you through every day of your life, right? So God is doing that for each one of us on a daily basis. Now, I'm not a birder. I enjoy birds. Do we have any, like, diehard birders here? I'm curious. No? Kind of? Amy? Wonderful. I've, I learned a lot from, from birds from my uncle when I was a, when I was a young boy, um, and more recently from my, my new, I call him my new father-in-law, Whitey. He's a, he's a birder, and he has got, he feeds birds like nobody's business. Um, but I get excited when I see a Baltimore Oriole at our feeder, or I see a bald eagle, or I love when the swallows come back in the spring. Um, I can almost mark the day on the calendar when I'll see the first barn swallow back. So things like that I really enjoy. Um, but the one thing, as, I, as you look at birds, the one thing about birds that is really unique is their wings. Obviously, they can fly. But each bird, its design of its wing is very unique to what it, it was created to do. Um, and I'll, I'll, show you, I'll show you a few, a few examples here. I read this somewhere. I don't remember where I read it. Hopefully it's true. It said that a bird can actually control each individual feather on its wings individually. So as they're flying, as they're hovering, whatever, each, each feather on that wing is doing something specific um, to, hold, to hold everything in place. So let me, we'll see if this little clicker works there. I'm just going to, this is probably more because it's fun for me. I love showing you a couple of birds and some things that are unique about them. This is a European or a common swift. It's known as the fastest horizontal flying bird in the world. It can fly 70 miles an hour. It's not the fastest, fastest flying animal, but it's the fastest flying bird, at least horizontally. Um, and the, the one thing that's really cool about them is with their migration and everything, it, they estimate that a common swallow will fly up to 3 million miles in its lifetime. That's pretty phenomenal. Come on, clicker. We're not going, David. Oh, there. Did I skip one? No, I didn't. Okay. There I did. All right. Thanks, David. Um, this is a griffin vulture. There's another weird name in front of that. Um, from Asia, South Africa, that region, the highest flying bird in the world. Um, there was actually a griffin vulture was hit over South Africa 
uh, by a jet at 37,000 feet, which is absolutely crazy. Do you want to go to the next one, David? This thing doesn't seem to be wanting to go. Hummingbird. How many of you like watching hummingbirds? How many of you can beat your fist or something? 80, 80 beats a second. There's a hummingbird. It's the only bird can fly straight up, straight down, forward, backwards, and sideways. Absolutely amazing. They've actually been observed doing backwards somersaults as they go from flower to flower. So just incredibly unique design to everything about it. Did I mess something up there, David? Can you go down? Keep going. I apologize. No, I think there it went. Marcus, you used this thing, didn't you? And it worked. Technology is awesome when it works. Well, anyway, there should be a peregrine falcon up there, the fastest, fastest bird, period, 200 miles an hour when it's diving. Okay, there you go. Um, or up to, now if you want to go to the next one yet, or I'll try. Oh, I almost missed that one. Wandering albatross, the largest flying bird in the world. The one thing that is really cool about an albatross is it... Um, it literally has a locking mechanism in its wings. When it opens its wings to soar, that is, its wings will essentially lock into place, and it can fly for weeks on end with almost no effort. It turns into the wind and hardly has to move any muscles, and it can stay afloat, or afloat um, airborne for weeks on end without um, ever needing to come down, without ever tiring out. Um, wingspan of up to 12 feet, so absolutely massive they only come to land once a year when they nest. Otherwise, they're always out over the water. And you all know what this is, right? A bald eagle. Um, bald eagles are known for strength, right? Strength, power, that's kind of what they represent, powerful wings. And here's where I'm going to jump off. I won't show you any more birds now, but um, I want to jump off of there and talk a little bit about how God uses um, wings in Scripture and how it gives us a, a, a picture or a characteristic of God. Now, I don't have to tell you that you are a gravity earthbound creature, right? But I don't know of any child, I, I don't think, who doesn't at some point in life dream about flying. There's something about flying that feels free. People have been just enamored with flying. Throughout history, um, David even wrote about, oh, that I would have the wings of a dove so I could fly away and find rest. Um, there's a reason why people jump off cliffs with wingsuits to go gliding. But even then, you're always coming down. Gravity's still bringing you down. But there's something about, about flight, about wings, that represents freedom. Now, I want to take you to a scripture in Exodus chapter 19. 
this thing just is not cooperating, David. There we go. I'm just going to have you. I'll, I'll cue you. Um, Exodus 19 says this, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. The children of Israel in chapter 12, God had brought them out of the land of Egypt, out of slavery. In chapter 13, through the Red Sea, and he delivered them and brought them to freedom. They are now at the foot of Mount Sinai, exactly two months after they have left Egypt. And Moses goes up the mountain, and this is one of the first things that God tells Moses to tell his people. And I think the simple lesson for us is this. Only God is able to save you. You can try as you might. You can flap your wings all, all you want, and you will not fly. But only God, just as God could, only, only God can miraculously bring them out of Egypt, so only God can deliver you from the bondage that you are in. Um, think about how God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. You know, he had brought them, he gave them the ten plagues, and then God opened the door, essentially. All the children of Israel needed to do in their walk to freedom was to listen and respond to what God invited them to. He invited them to come follow me into the desert, and all they needed to do was hear that voice and obey. That was their freedom. They had nothing, it was nothing in and of themselves that they could do that brought, made them worthy of being delivered and being brought out of Egypt after 430 years of slavery. And then as they walked through the Red Sea, and as the Red Sea closed over their enemy, essentially closing off their past and bringing them into this new, newfound freedom, the joy, that's where the Song of Moses comes in, the joy and exuberance that they talked about. And I had to think of it with the Sunday school lesson with the first love how many of you remember what it felt like when you first gave your life to Christ and the freedom that you felt? How many of you felt like you could just fly away? You felt so free. Was it anything that you had done? No, absolutely not. It was on the wings of an eagle, as God would describe it, that he brought you your freedom Maybe the wings that have brought us our freedom are the outstretched, outstretched hands of Jesus on the cross. And on those outstretched arms, you and I ride and are carried to freedom. So I don't know if you're here today and you are not free. If you are not walking with God, He's waiting to meet you there. He's inviting you to come and He's inviting you. He wants to carry you to freedom. Or perhaps, this is where I found myself, when we, when we live life with sin in our lives, unconfessed sin, that feels like bondage. And if you're like me, I remember times in life when being set free from the bondage of sin in my own life, and how free you feel, that feeling of freedom, that feeling of joy, Jesus meets you wherever you are, and he invites you and he longs to carry you to freedom. David, you want to go to the next um, scripture, if you will. So the other one was, if you're here and you're feeling weak, maybe you're feeling tired, 
or maybe you're feeling scared. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary. Young men shall fall and be exhausted, shall fall exhausted, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When we find ourselves in need of strength, we turn to Jesus. David, you want to go to the next one? Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, there's that freedom, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. An eagle has this unique ability when faced with a storm. How many know what an eagle does when it's in a storm? It faces the currents of the storm and actually will ride the currents, the wind currents of a storm, to heights until it's flying above the storm that was present in its life. God's strength allows us in the midst of the storms of life to rise above the storms. God doesn't always just deliver us from the storms, but he gives us the strength to rise above the storms in life. But here's the thing. When we're strong, we don't need strength. It's in our weakest times that, we're in, when, that we find ourselves in need of strength. Think about Paul, how Paul wrote, His strength is perfected in my weakness. How hard is it for you to acknowledge the weaknesses that you have or to embrace the weakness that you feel when you're tired and when, when you're weary? God's strength is only perfected in our lives when we embrace that weakness and allow His strength to be poured into us. See, even here um, in Isaiah 40 there, the youth are, we're strengthened with wings like an eagle, but it's not our strength that's doing it. It's God's strength being poured into us. But here's the, here's the, the thing that I, was, that I thought about with, um, with wings and strength is the wings an eagle has no idea about the strength in its wings until it actually spreads its wings and begins to fly. So an eagle that sits in its nest or just hops from limb to limb as the young ones often do has no idea of the power that God has placed in their wings. How many of us and this is I'm, I'm this is me, because the older you get, the more set in your ways you get, the more you like to just keep things as they are. You don't like change, you don't like new things. Perhaps if you want God's power, if we want God's power to be poured in our li- out in our lives, it's time for us to get out of our nest. I don't know what, what, that, what that looks like for you. I don't know what it's going to look like for me. But God's power gets poured out in our lives when we set or when we spread our wings and we begin to fly, even when we don't know the destination. We, even when we don't know where God's taking us. 
but His power is then poured into our lives. When we are launched into the unknown and we allow God to move us in places in our lives, it's then that we begin to experience the power of God in our own lives because we have no strength of our own in which we, we can rely. See, when everything in life is under control, we've got it. But when we are taken out of our comfort, out of our sphere where we feel like we have control, it's then when we realize that we need to rely on His strength. So if you're in that season when you're feeling weak, know that God's strength will be poured into your life. Or if you're feeling scared about what's coming next, spread your wings and start flying. That's when God's strength actually begins to be poured into your life. And then lastly, the wings of refuge and wings of strength. And I have a whole bunch of scriptures that I wanna, we're going to go through on here. And this is probably the most familiar way in which wings are used in a, in a metaphor in Scripture. But what I want us to think about as well is the very wings that deliver us, the same wings that give us strength, are the same wings that hide us and protect us. You see, there's times in our lives when, like I said, when we're feeling weak and we simply need God's strength to be poured into our lives, but there are other times when we are broken and weary and tired, we're worn out, and all we need is a place that is safe to come and find rest. And Jesus offers that to us. I don't know, I'm sure many of you have observed um, a hen with its chicks. When, when the storm comes, when rain comes, all the chicks will come gather underneath the wings of, um, of the mother. My mom keeps telling this, this story they had, a, they had a chick with chickens who was also raising, or with chicks, who was also raising, there was at least one or two little ducks that they had hatched with the chicks. And in the rain, when rain would come, all those little chicks would come run under the wings of the mother and she would sit there, but the two little ducks, or the, however many ducks there were, were out running around just loving the rain. And the mom would just about go crazy because she was trying to get them to come in Anyway, but it's not what they were created for. But you get that picture of a mother hen and how, they, how the protective they are. Or the other thing is when, when they see a hawk, when a hawk's around, they'll call their young and they'll gather them under their wings where they find safety. safety. So if you're here today and you're feeling tired or worn out, Know that Jesus offers you a place of refuge and a place of safety. The psalmist calls this the shelter of his wings. David, do you want to just, we'll start just moving through these. Psalm 61 is, Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to, to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. There should have been one before that, David. Is there Psalm 63? There. There's where I wanted to start. For, I, for you have been my help. In the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. 
you realize that you can be tired and worn out and you can still sing for joy because of the protection, the refuge that Jesus offers you? If you would go on to Psalm 57, David, here's a cry of desperation. Psalm 57, 1, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. And again in Psalm 17, 8, keep me as the apple of your eye, hide me in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 36, verse 7. Know this, that there's no one who is not welcome under the shadow of his wings, under that refuge. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wing. Some, some versions will say all humanity takes, shadows, takes refuge in the shadow of your wings. There's no one who's not welcome there. And then the promise in Psalm 91, verse 1 and verse 4. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. And then I have one more, one more scripture. I don't think I have another one on the, the slide, do I, David? In Luke chapter 13. Luke 13, um, Jesus uses this imagery, and it brings us right back down, back around to a call, <coughs> excuse me, to a call inviting us to salvation. It's in Luke 13, verse 34. Jesus is lamenting over the fact that the people have rejected him, and he says this, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. So I simply come back to this idea. If you have not found the freedom that Jesus brings you on his wings, on the eagle's wings, or if you have not found the refuge that Jesus is talking about there in Luke 13, how he longs to gather you under his protection. If you've not found that, talk to someone. Give, let Jesus come and offer you that freedom and that protection in your life. So in conclusion, wherever you find yourself today, know that God's grace reaches right to where you are. God doesn't wait for you to get your act together, for you to start feeling a little bit different, and then you can come. He comes to right, right to where you are. Even there's times when we feel like we're so weak, we, almost, we can't even come to God. We can't even come to Him. Sometimes in those moments, it's Jesus that comes to us. I, just, I remember a story of a, of a lady who in her brokenness, she felt so weak and had no strength to even come to Jesus and to cry out to Jesus. And in that weakness, Jesus came and met her there. Jesus came and met her right there in that weakness, even when she felt like she could not 
come to Jesus. That's what, that's what he does for you. His wings of grace deliver you and they set you free. Think back to that first love and remember the freedom that Jesus brings you in your salvation. His wings of grace give you strength in the moments of your greatest weakness and their greatest tests of faith. And His wings of grace will offer you a place of rest and peace for your soul, where your soul can be nourished. So allow God to meet you where you're at today. Let Him speak to you. Let Him minister to you. And know that He offers and has exactly what you are needing today. I invite you to stand. We'll have dismissal prayer. Thank you for your attention. God, thanks so much today for your faithfulness in our lives. In all the things that we experience in life, you're right there in the midst of it, walking through it with us. God, thank you so much for new life, freedom, for strength, and for the grace that you pour into our lives on a daily basis. Bless this group, God, as we, as we leave here today, as we go into our week, as the things that we're facing in this new week, meet us in those places so that we can be strengthened, so that we can find safety and the courage to go on. Bless us as we depart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, just one closing announcement. The children's ministry team has asked if we could please keep the children off the stage with the decorations. And maybe even at least in the rooms that are decorated, try to keep your children out of there so we don't destroy all their hard work. And they can come enjoy it tonight at 6.30, right, Dwendal? So see you all then. You're dismissed.